Hello and welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider, will present another brand new message in our series titled, To Know Him by Name. God's names paint a picture of his character. They give us insight into his personality and insight into his love for us. And today, as we move forward in our study, Rabbi Schneider reminds us that God's plans are good and his promises are true. This message is part of our study on the names of God, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. So let's get started with his message, El Elyon, God Most High. Here is Rabbi Schneider. As we look at what's going on in the world around us and see so many things happening, we're trying to understand what's going on through the prophetic lens of the scriptures. The Hebrew prophet Daniel talked a lot about the end times, but the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, gives us more information about the end of the age than any other book in the Bible. One of the things that's described in the book of Revelation is a song that God's people will be singing to him at the end of the age. And they say the song that God's people will be singing in the book of Revelation is both the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Both the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb are the songs that God's saints will be singing. In the Torah, Exodus chapter number 15, after the children of Israel had crossed the Red Sea and God had drowned their enemies, the Egyptians, in the sea, when Israel got to the other side, looking back how God had drowned their enemies, they sang a song. And this is the song of Moses. So I'm going to sing it for you now, a popular uh, kind of a melody to it. It's not word for word, but it is the essence of it. It goes like this. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. Wow. Well, God made me a preacher, not a singer, but I still love singing the song, and I hope that you enjoyed it a little bit. God is our victory, and this connects us directly to the Hebrew title of God, El Elyon. On the previous broadcast, we focused on the Creator's title, Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And I mentioned during the previous two broadcasts that Elohim is the plural of the Hebrew word El. El just means God. Elohim means God, plural. Emphasis is added, or plurality is added, to make the point that God is not just a God, he's the one true God, because when you add im onto the end of a Hebrew word, it gives that singular word emphasis. 
Another way that emphasis is added to the Hebrew term El, meaning God, in addition to Elohim, is sometimes the word El, God, is used with a further detailed description of which El they're praying to. Because you remember, the pagan nations also refer to their God as El. So the Hebrews called their God not just El, but Elohim for emphasis. And then also they described him further by saying he's El Elyon, which we're going to look at today. And further down the pike, we'll look at the term El Shaddai. So one of the titles of the Lord in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Bible, is the title for the creator El Elyon. El Elyon means God, El most high, God most high. The first time this descriptive title of our creator is used is in the book of Bereshit, Genesis chapter number 14. What happened here is Abram, whose name was later changed to Abraham, got involved in a war because four kings came against Sodom where Abram's nephew Lot was living. So when Abram found out that Lot had been attacked in Sodom, Abraham mustered together a force of 318 trained men, and Abram and these 318 trained men went to war against these massive warriors, these four kings and their armies that came against Sodom. They had captured Lot. They had taken Lot captive. They had taken Lot's possessions as well as some others that had been living there. So Abraham and his team went against these four kings and their armies, and they were convincingly successful in destroying these foreign armies, rescuing Lot, recovering Lot's possessions, as well as rescuing the others that were living there and their possessions as well. As a result of this victory, Abram was filled with the glory of El Elyon, God Most High, that his God had supernaturally given him victory over a fierce gathering of four armies that had come against him. And while Abram is filled with this victory, he meets Melchizedek. Many of you know that Yeshua in the book of Hebrews is compared to Melchizedek. He's a priest in the order of Melchizedek because the Hebrew Bible tells us nothing about Melchizedek's origin. He's a priest of God Most High. We don't know where he came from or where he's going. It's like he's timeless. He's like he, he came from the realm of eternity. It's a type and shadow of Yeshua, who once again, the writer of Hebrews said, came in the order of Melchizedek. So Abraham sees this convincing supernatural victory that the creator had given him. And as a result of that, when Abram came across the priest Melchizedek, here's what happened. Let me read it for you. Hear the word of God. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. This is when Abram met him. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now, he was a priest of God most high. And this is where we have the first use of the Hebrew title, El, God, El Yon, most high. So Melchizedek was a priest of El El Yon. And the scripture goes on to say, he, referring once again to Melchizedek, he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And there's, by the way, the use of El El Yon again. And blessed be God most high, there's El El Yon again, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And so 
we have, again, the first use here in the Torah of seeing God being exalted, not just as God like many of the pagans uh, refer to their God as El, but this is God. The God of Abram is God most high. He's exalted above every other God, every knee that will bow, every tongue confess. Now, Yeshua, as I was speaking of earlier in the book of Hebrews, is likened to Melchizedek. He's likened to El Elyon, God Most High. And of course, Yeshua very clearly demonstrated his superiority over all creation. And the scripture tells us that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Yeshua is the incarnation of El Elyon, of God Most High. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back. But first, we have a special book announcement. Let's check it out. Elohim, Yahweh, Adonai. The Hebrew names of God. Seeking a deeper bond with the divine? Dive into To Know Him by Name. Rabbi Schneider deciphers the Hebrew scriptures where God's names are revealed. Discover God as your provider, peace giver, victory, righteousness, healer, sanctifier, and more. To know Him by name transcends mere knowledge and empowers you to conquer life's challenges. Order at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. Start your transformative journey now. We are truly so excited for you to get this life-changing new book. So pick up a copy today, and now here is Rabbi with the rest of today's message. Why did God reveal Himself to Abram in this way? And what is the beauty and the glory and the blessing and benefit of knowing that the one that we worship is El Elyon? Because knowing that God is exalted, that he's so far above every circumstance, every other power, every person, every enemy that will ever come against, knowing that our God reigns over all that can give us confidence that we're not at the mercy of circumstances, places, people, or things. When we have confidence that our Creator loves us, and that the one that loves us is God Most High, and that He has authority over everything, it gives us an ability to trust Him, to trust life. And what I mean trust life, what I mean by that is that we can trust the future because El Elyon is God over our future, that He loves us, that He's watching over us, that He's gonna take care of us and demonstrate His authority over our life, just like He did Abram's. So knowing that you have a partner in life whose name is El Elyon gives you the ability to be free and now trust. Perfect love cast out all fear. And when you know that you're perfectly loved by El Elyon, the one that has authority over everything, it's gonna give you a confidence and a victory that will enable you to live powerfully and victoriously in life. There's other places in scripture that we find, particularly I'm going now to the prophet Daniel, we find this title of the Lord, El Elyon, being used. And again, it's used 
to bring a point to the sovereignty our God has over everything that we'll ever face in life. Most of us know the story. I'm going to Daniel chapter 4. And in Daniel 4, we read about a king called Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar got filled with pride. God had blessed him. The Lord had exalted him. Nebuchadnezzar built the most powerful empire on earth, and he was filled with pride and filled with himself. And one day he was up and he was looking at his kingdom. He was so full of himself. And I'm picking up now in Daniel chapter 4, verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king said to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in the earth, he said this, may your peace abound. The problem that we need to detect here is that Nebuchadnezzar in and of himself did not really have the ability or the authentic power to bless the people. He was exalting himself as if he was God and he had the ability to bless the people. He basically thought that he was God. As a result of this, the Lord sent him the prophet Daniel to warn him. And what happened was Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. And in the dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw this huge tree and this tree was bigger than everything else around it. And this tree was so big, the animals were all taking shade under it. And the animals were eating the crops that were under it. And the birds were landing in it. This tree was a mountain. And then a voice spoke from heaven. And the tree got chopped down into a stump. And it began to eat the grass around it. And this dream really perplexed Nebuchadnezzar. He was very, very disturbed by it. It was very powerful. I don't know if you've ever had a dream like that. I know I've had many that you, they're so intense. You're just like, well, where did that come from? What did that mean? That's how Nebuchadnezzar felt. He knew that something happened in the night. There was some type of spiritual activity, some spiritual dimension that he'd experienced that was so powerful that he realized it was beyond just a natural processing of thoughts that take place at night through dreams. He realized he encountered something that was so powerful that it meant something. And it greatly alarmed him. And so he called the people around him to give him counsel. And then he called Daniel to come because he had heard that Daniel could interpret dreams. And so Daniel comes Nebuchadnezzar relates the dream to him. Nebuchadnezzar's on top of his palace. He's looking down and he says this as he's admiring what had been built. He says, is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in his mouth, Nebuchadnezzar went mad. His dream immediately came to pass. He went insane. He began to crawl around on his hands and knees. In the madness, he was actually trying to eat grass. And he was in this state for seven years. At the end of the seven years, the Lord restored his sanity and restored Nebuchadnezzar to his position. And I love what happens next. It's one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Let me read to you now what happened after Nebuchadnezzar's sanity was restored to him. Nebuchadnezzar said this, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raise my eyes. He's restored now after being mad for seven years, and he looks up, but he's a totally different person now. I, Nebuchadnezzar, raise my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, 
and I blessed the most high God. He blessed El Elyon. That's the Hebrew there. I blessed the most high. So this is the term that we're looking at, the title El Elyon. This is a place you see it in the prophetic writings. He said, and praised and honored him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hands or say to him, what have you done? He says, at that time, my reason returned to me and my majesty and my splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom and my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out So I was reestablished in my sovereignty and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are true and his ways are just and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. What I love so much about this, beloved ones, is that Nebuchadnezzar has an experience that he comes to realize that God is not only reigning above in heaven, but that El Elyon, God Most High, is reigning on the earth beneath. The point, friends, is that a lot of times we believe that God's in heaven and, and he's reigning in heaven, but somehow we think because we see so much tragedy around us, violence and sickness and death and starvation, we question whether God is really reigning on earth. But in this situation, we come to understand that God does reign on earth. The question becomes, if God is reigning on earth, why are we seeing so much tragedy? And the answer for that, which I'll continue on in the next episode, is that in this period of history, God has removed his sovereignty over the world in terms of executing it in many circumstances and in many places. He's able to exert himself. He's able to show his sovereignty whenever he wants to, but temporarily we're in a state where he has taken himself back and he's allowing a lot of things to go on right now that at the end of the age, he's gonna crush. And this is what we read about in the book of Revelation, that when the last trumpet sounds, the kingdom of the world becomes the kingdom of God and of his Christ. And this is why Jesus taught us to pray, our Father that art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is sovereign. He's watching over your life. And as you pray for him to be involved, he'll be sovereign over your life and you'll experience his sovereignty reigning right now in your life, beloved ones, and in your circumstances. Blessed be El Elyon. God Most High, that's our topic today as Rabbi Schneider presents a brand new series titled To Know Him By Name. And as Rabbi mentioned, God is not only reigning high above in the heavens, but he will also one day reign in person over the earth again. And if you want to be a part of God's eternal kingdom, we'd like to invite you to accept his son today. You can take this step right now and receive him at this very moment. 
And here at the ministry, we've created a dedicated web page, and it'll explain how you can reach out to Jesus. Just go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com and click on the ministry tab, and there you'll see a link to find Jesus. And when you let us know that you've made the decision to accept Him as your Savior, we'll send a couple of books to guide you on your new journey of faith. And seeing people come to faith, it really gets us excited because God calls us to share the gospel with everyone. But we can't do this alone. And right now, we're asking God to provide new supporters to join us in this worthy mission. Rabbi? Many of us have heard the principle of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And of course, what that means is we throw out the whole thing rather than keeping what's good. The reason I'm bringing this up is that some of us have forsaken honoring the Lord with our tithes and our offerings because we feel there's been those in the past that have tried to manipulate us for money. I simply want to say this, beloved, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Honoring the Lord with our tithes and offerings goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. And today, the scripture tells us, if there are ministries that are blessing us and feeding us, we ought to support those ministries with our finances. Number one, to show thankfulness. Number two, to honor the Lord. And number three, so they can continue to be a blessing to the world. And those of you that sow your finances into ministries that are blessing the world, you're gonna be rewarded for it. Beloved, I wanna ask you for your help and I wanna thank you in advance for your love and sacrificial support. There are a couple of convenient ways that you can support this ministry, so let me explain your options. First, you can give a gift of any amount online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com, or if you got your cell phone handy, just give us a call at 800-777-7835, or text the keyword rabbi to the phone number 45777. And as a token of our appreciation for your financial gift today, we'll provide Rabbi Schneider message of the month, and it's available as a digital download. And we'll also send you the latest copy of our newsletter. It's filled with rabbis' insight and encouragement. And when you reach out today, make sure to let us know how we can be praying for you and your family this year. We have so much to look forward to and so much to be grateful for. And we'd love to hear how God is using this program to speak truth into your daily life. Once again, drop us a note online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Or if you'd like to write to us or send a gift in the mail, just send it to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. That's P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan 49228. And now here's Rabbi Schneider to speak a blessing over us. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, we find a blessing God speaks over his children through Moses and Aaron. It carries the idea of favor and expression. Open your heart to the Spirit and the Word today and receive Father's goodness into your life with confidence. Yavah Yahweh Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha 
ואשם לך. Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance. And the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us next time as we learn how involved is God in our lives with an engaging message from Rabbi Schneider. That's Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.